This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. From hockey to wrestling, football to golf, no sport left unturned. You're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. Neil, the boys are back. Let's talk sports. Good morning and welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto. I'm your host, Walter Rigabon, as usual with me in studio. My co-host, Naz Marchese. Naz, happy Canada Day weekend. Same to you, Wally. Thank you so much. And uh, to and all the listeners, too. And of course, to all happy Canada weekend, uh, to happy Canada Day weekend to all our listeners and to uh, our listeners in western New York and uh, north parts of the states, uh, Happy Fourth of July, which is coming up uh, in a couple of days as well. Uh, Naz, I noticed that you're uh, you're decked out in your Toronto Maple Leaf regalia this morning. Uh, so that may be a topic we should go to very very quickly. I'm going to get my Dominic Moore jersey. Up. <laughs> hey, I hope you saved it from the last time <laughs> no, you was I in ne- Toronto. I never had one. I never. You had never one. had one. Just, uh, just certainly, your certainly to our Toronto Maple Leaf uh, fans, if you have a Dominic Moore uh, <laughs> Dominic Moore jersey, he's back in town. But just to give you an idea, who's on the show today? Uh, shortly after our first break, Butch Carter, former Raptors coach, and in the middle of the hour, player agent uh, Anton Tun. Uh, and we'll be talking to him about uh, some interesting developments this week uh, and certainly the free agent frenzy in the, uh, in the uh, NHL uh, is uh, most of it happened yesterday. Still a couple of interesting free agents still available and uh, certainly at some point in the in the show, we'll talk about that, if not right off the hop, Naz. Uh, but uh, let's talk about the Toronto Maple Leafs, Lou Lamorello and company and their accomplishments or lack of accomplishments yesterday. A quiet day for the Toronto Maple Leafs, but basically from what I can tell, it looked like we traded Brian Boyle and Matt Hunwick for Dominic Moore and Ron Hainsey. That's the way it appears. Uh your analysis, Naz. Uh, how uh-huh. did how did uh, how did the Toronto Maple Leafs fare yesterday? Yeah, that's 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 a straight exchange as far as I'm concerned. But I have to say this: Boyle uh, didn't fit the Leafs. He, he's not a good skater. Dominic Moore is. Dominic. There Moore are those that would disagree with you, Naz. Yeah, no, he can skate. Oh no, Dominic Boyle Moore can, can skate. Boyle yeah. can't. Yeah, and his strength was in the dressing room and on faceoffs. So that. It's an even trade for for both teams, for, except on except on the guys. except on the salary cap point of view. Um, More because you less. you know yeah yeah I mean when you evaluate trades nowadays you have to evaluate the trade as a hockey trade, yeah. and you have to evaluate it in the context of 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 salary and um, and I don't disagree with you. I I mean I haven't watched Dominic Moore play all that much in the recent past, but I do remember his first. Incarnation with the with the Toronto Maple Leafs. It was a few years back now, but uh, he's a pretty effective player. He's got and some a speed. Performer, yeah, he's a real good playoff performer. He's got some speed. He's got some talent. Good on uh, good good uh, killing penalties and uh, 
A good third or fourth liner. Um, no, he's a fourth. He a fourth be. liner. Uh, Brian Boyle brought a certain element to the Leafs, which people liked. And I think what they liked about Brian Boyle's game was, number one, he was a veteran trying to steady a young team during the playoffs. And I thought he did a pretty good job at that. And he's a large, large physical presence and very good in the faceoff circle. Um, Leafs lack... Um, physical presence, generally throughout their entire lineup. Uh, so Brian Boyle seemed to fit a very good slot in that, uh, in that, in that uh, four hole in the fourth line. Um, um, Three goals in 29 games yeah, is not the um, best. But uh, he went to Jersey for, two, for I think it's 5.1 million, 5.1 million over yeah. two years. Yeah. Uh, it sounds to me like that was a little bit rich for uh, Lou Lamorello and Brendan and company. And we got Dominic Moore for $1 million over one year. So from a financial point of view, that certainly works to the Toronto Maple Leafs' advantage. And uh, we probably have a more skilled hockey player fulfilling probably the same slot in, in the lineup, just playing it in a different way. And in today's NHL... Uh, you know, you got to have guys who can skate. That's 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 that's, that's that's what the game is. So, um, having analyzed it uh, with you, Naz, now I, I've come around to your uh, your assessment of the situation. I think the Leafs did well in that exchange. Uh, time will tell, of course. The only uh, I think, uh, obviously, I think Dominic Moore is a little bit older than Brian Boyle, isn't he? Yeah. But well, when you're talking one year contract, two year contract, um, I'm not so sure that's a huge issue. Matt Hunwick versus Ron Hainsey. Uh, Ron Hainsey, of course, uh, just uh, won a Stanley Cup. And interestingly enough, I checked out his tweets this morning. And Ron uh, Ron Hainsey's already been active in the Twitter world, saying he, you know, he just he just brought a Stanley Cup to Phil- uh, to Pittsburgh. Uh, I'm not sure he used those exact words. I, I think I'd, well, he's I, I'd, I'd, I'd give I'd give Malkin and, and Crosby <laughs> a little bit more credit than Ron but, but Hainsey. Hunwick went but to he, Pittsburgh, though. Eh? Hunwick went to Pittsburgh. He went to first, Pittsburgh. First. So. Uh, yeah, so Hainsey, uh, as they call him, um, already tweeted that uh, he's looking forward to bringing a cup to Toronto at some point in time. So I'll give him credit for his exuberance yeah. and his passion. And uh, But uh, if you analyze the two, um, Naz, uh, different role players in different ways. Uh, once again, uh, Hainsey perhaps more of a physical presence on the back end. Uh, actually, when you analyze the stats, played more minutes per game. Then Hunwick. Hunwick's in the 17, 17 and a half minute range. Hainsey was actually up in the 20 minute range. Actually, he's on, he's on the bubble to be a top four defenseman, um, surprisingly, uh, given the fact that nobody really had heard much about him until the Stanley Cup yeah, run. Yeah, he, he was hidden in Carolina for a long yeah, time. And, um, and the thing that uh, seems to attract uh, defensemen, uh, certainly what what Babcock and Lamorello are looking for, uh, although I don't think Hainsey shoots right, but he plays the right side, and that seems to be a precious commodity uh, in the NHL today. Certainly uh, uh, a resource that the Toronto Maple Leafs are looking for, some, some, a defenseman who can play the right side. So... Uh, my guess is Babcock had quite a bit to do with that signing, and uh, money-wise, I, I mean, you're not, you're not. Hunwick commi- made more. Yeah, you're not committing, you're not committing term, and you're not committing a lot of money. So, 
you can almost look at that one sideways. I, you know, if you're looking for a more physical presence on the back end, certainly the Leafs got what they were looking for. Now, Patrick Marlowe. We should discuss Patrick Marlowe. He would be a perfect fit for the Leafs. Absolutely perfect. He would fit on the line with Austin Matthews and William Nylander perfectly over Zach Hyman. To me, Zach Hyman's a fourth-line player, a penalty killer, and a fourth-liner. And it would be a perfect fit for Patrick Marlowe to be a Toronto Maple Leaf. Not saying it's going to happen, but it is a perfect fit. Uh, I mean, it would, uh, you know, Patrick Marlowe is um, interesting part about him. I don't think he's missed a game in about six or seven years. No. Uh, so he's certainly not injury prone. Um, had a relatively good year last year. 27 gi- goals. Yeah, giving his uh, uh, advancing age as an NHL player. Um, so he still, is, still seems like he's got some game. Um, and uh, hasn't cut a deal with anybody. I mean, the issue is there's two or three teams that are in the mix, apparently, and the Leafs are are one of them. I mean, there's always the option of going back to San Jose. My guess with Marlowe is it's just it's a fun it's it's term. What are they? What what uh, you know? When you get to that age, you know the and and and, and I do want to make the comment. Aside from a couple of isolated examples, one of the one of the stories out of this particular um, uh, free agent uh, deadline this time, um, or the or the opening of the signing of the free agents, is it seems like the general managers in the NHL have discovered fiscal discipline uh, more so than they have in the past. So, in most situations, they weren't throwing stupid money around like they have in the past. Uh, some of them were actually uh, somewhat restrained in how they were throwing money around. Uh, and that was uh, maybe there isn't you know with salary cap and uh, and uh, everything that's going on. Uh, finally, the system has seems to have put a break on the spending habits of the general managers. And Patrick Marlowe may be an example of that. I would have thought he would have been locked up by now. And obviously, they're arguing over how much. Yeah, he ended up getting more though, Wally. He started off at two years at four and a half million, and I'm hearing that I've heard yesterday that they're at two years at six and a half million now. So Marlowe is sought after. Don't forget, this guy was a Team Canada player. Mike Babcock loves he loves him. Patrick Marlowe. Yeah, the, the and thing, a great two way player. Yeah, the, the part about Patrick Marlowe is, um, you know, because he's played in San Jose his entire career, we really haven't seen him all that much. Um, you don't see San Jose play all that often, uh, and I guess we don't get to see the quality uh, and the talent of of of, of Patrick Marlowe. Uh, he's, uh, you know, the reality is he's a Hall of Fame. He's probably a Hall of Famer. Um, uh, certainly him and Joe Thornton have been the bedrock of that franchise forever. Uh, interestingly enough, Joe signed, uh, uh, signed a one-year deal back in San Jose for $6 million, and uh, Thornton didn't have, uh, uh, you know, he seems to be on the decline more so than Marlowe, uh, put, up, put up his usual points, about 60 points, but yeah, seven he's goals. He's always been a big assist guy, though. Big assist guy, but only seven goals this year for Joe Thornton. And um, if I'm not mistaken, three or four of them were in an empty net. So was that worth $6 million? Well, the people in San Jose thought it was, and probably Matt Patrick Marlowe thinks he's worth he just as much. He is probably going back to San Jose Marlowe, but he fit in perfectly with the Leafs. Um, the other, uh, Can you imagine those two lines going back-to-back, the Leafs? With uh, I, I, Ozak's I, line and Kadri's line, I, I think I think Marlowe, if you can get him 
for two years. I'm not so sure I'd want to go three years, and that may be the stumbling block. But for two years, I think you'd be an excellent addition to this uh, to this Toronto Maple Leaf team. At a, my guess is it would take probably around six million, five, five and a half, five. Oh, Who he's going to go for six and a half. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that may be a little bit rich for for Leap and Lou Lamarillo. Oh, but they have the cap space, so they can do it. The Leafs can do it if they want. Oh, they've got, the Leafs got all kinds of money, but uh, it's it. Lam, Lou Lou it's Lamarillo's got to want to yeah. be here. Right? And it's also you know Lamar, Lou Lamarillo doesn't throw money around casually. Uh, he's pretty, uh, you know, he wants he's very careful with term. He doesn't like to sign people for long long periods of time unless they're in, uh, certainly at that age. Um, Money may be a different, uh, maybe a different analysis. Anyways, it's uh, we've chewed up into our uh, early, early time fairly quickly here, Naz. So we're going to go to break. We'll be right back after the break with former Raptors coach Butch Carter. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville brought back the large five-topping pizza special for just thirteen ninety-nine for a limited time. I'm whispering because the last time Pizzaville brought back this special, there was pandemonium in the streets, pushing, shoving, biting. So order now and order often, and hopefully you won't have any bite marks when this is over. Call Pizzaville for the large five-topping pizza special at pound 3636 from your cell phone. Shh. There's an old saying. Entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. Steel's Paint in Woodbridge, an enormous 20,000-square-foot superstore that carries nothing but the best. Superior staff, superior advice, superior selection, superior everything. When you have a really tough job to do, they can knock it down to size. They'll show you how to get it done right, and because they only sell the best of everything, you'll get it done to last. That means superior satisfaction. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge. The best. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Vaughn. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada, and the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com, or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. They never argue sports. They just explain while they're always correct. The boys are back. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto on this Canada Day weekend. Uh, we're live on 7.40 a.m., and if you're listening in downtown Toronto, we're also on 96.7 FM on the Internet, live streaming at zoomerradio.ca. We're pleased to welcome to the show this morning a good friend of the Nazimali Sports Hour, of course, former Raptors coach Butch Carter. Good morning, Butch. How are you? Good morning. How are you guys? We're doing fantastic. I think you're doing better than us, and you've got to stop sending us those beautiful pictures <laughs> of where you're... Where you, know, you got go ahead, I care Butch. About you enough that I wanted you to understand, I was I'm really struggling right now. You know? 
you're really struggling. That's uh, you're, you're, wherever you are, it's uh, you have a nice view over a beautiful. It reminds lake. me of that six forty nine commercial where uh, they win the lottery and uh, you go up up north and it's a beautiful spot though. But it looks great. Yeah, it, it, it was, but I won the lottery twenty years ago. So. <laughs> that, that's true. <laughs> Anyways, Butch, uh, we we chatted very very briefly uh, a couple of days ago, and there's a lot on your mind. You're you're raring to go, from what I understand. So let's let's start in. Uh, I'm going to put it to you real quick. Uh, Lowry, three years, twenty seven million dollars. Toronto Raptors. Is that what's going to happen? Well, I think that's what's being offered. I mean, the problem they have with him is, you know, this for the for their front office, this didn't start. You know, uh, two weeks ago, they probably have been trying to figure it out during the whole year. And Kyle not playing well in the playoffs again, you know, didn't help them go in and try to make a case where, you know, we should, why should we pay this guy five years or four years? And him, him being subject to injury, him being subject to not wanting to practice, and his uh, very low level of effectiveness in the playoffs. So it's kind of sad because there is a huge window that's opening with Paul George being shipped to Oklahoma City and Jimmy Butler going to Minnesota that you're really looking at four teams, probably Washington, uh, Boston, of course Cleveland, and Toronto. And um, the fact that uh, Kyle and his agent are probably thinking that they're owed, he's a three-time All-Star in Toronto, um, but his numbers in the playoffs are are so bad, I would think it would stop uh, Masai from offering him a fourth year. Three years, even if you get two good years out of him, you can cut him, stretch the third year out. Um, you know, it doesn't damage you on the cap by doing that. So it's just uh, these are the kind of decisions that uh, general managers and uh, basketball operations guys go through on an annual basis. And the sad part is that clearly there is going to be a, I believe, a two or three year window, because if LeBron is going to leave Cleveland and go west, as people are suggesting, then Cleveland would be out of it, and then it's just going to be Washington and Boston. I don't see uh, the only other potential issue would be uh, Miami coming out of the dark uh, if they're able to uh, sign a free agent. Uh, Bosch's money goes off, so. You know, it's uh, as always this time of the year, it's interesting in the NBA, but for Toronto, I think they're at a crossroads. Uh, they want to change their style of play. I don't know how they can do that with DeMar dominating the ball um, as he does for them or as he's done for them the last uh, five years. Tucker signed with Houston, Butch. Yeah, and... didn't, they didn't have the money. Toronto didn't have the money to yeah. sign Tucker. He was either going to – I thought he was going to go, you know, whoever had the money, Houston – um, maybe even Sacramento. Um, I know he would have had lots of interest. He is a defensive specialist um, and is really needed on a playoff team uh, in the fourth quarter and late in games. Um, as I said about Tucker, um, I hadn't seen anyone since Charles Oakley foul anybody. He fouls five or six times before they call a foul on him, yeah. um, which he's earned uh, that respect from officials. So, um, you know, my hat's off to him. I think uh, he's in a he's in a non-tax state, and 
you know, he's he's back in the West where he made a lot of his reputation. Uh, Jerry uh, came it came out rumors that he was going to the Knicks all of a sudden. What a week it has been for the Raptors. New general manager, rumors about a jury, and now what to do with their team. What would you do with the Raptors the way they are now? Well, I, th- I, think, I think that it goes back to a couple things. You, if we go back two years ago, Masai was not going to be under contract long-term. DeMar wasn't under contract long-term. And Casey was not under contract long-term. So I believe that this, the management team had to sign DeMar to a max deal. And then that led the way to have Casey having the opportunity to earn his contract. And clearly Masai would be able to go in and say, hey, from the day I came here and how unstable the situation was, we got rid of Bargnani, we did, you know, just, and he's well accepted in the community. And I get my extension too. So the problem is we're trying to make a decision today based off of something that was set up two years ago. And it all started with DeMar DeRozan re-signing. Um, uh, Carroll was a bad signing. Uh, as I've said before, DeMar Carroll was injured when he was signed. And when you're in these spots, you do make mistakes. Um, it's just the nature of the beast. You can't pick, you know, 20 athletes and in a two- or three-year period and expect that everything's going to be. And now the problem is, People are not going to take DeMar Carroll's contract because he is injured. I would imagine that he would flunk the physical uh, or be subject to a special physical uh, on his knees uh, because this year you had DeMar Carroll and Patterson both sitting out of games from wear and tear injuries, and those injuries are normally something that is chronic. So I think that, you know, there are choices – First of all, Casey's got a contract, so can he change our style of play? Well, I don't think you start changing your style of play without changing your culture about now you're going to practice different. You have to practice different. You have to integrate the younger kids into what you've been doing historically. And you got to come out and win games. You can't, you know, I don't blame them for, you know, everyone said what well, they had last year, but when they had their two All-Stars go to the Olympics, Normally, those teams that have their all-stars go to the Olympics, it's normally they don't win as many games They have because you have to manage their fatigue from what they put in over the summer. And it's just not as good a situation as if they were resting in the summer. Um, but clearly, the issue is, I believe, you know, Lowry's either going to accept it, and hopefully he doesn't accept it uh, begrudgingly and then becomes a problem I got my deal. I got my money, and you know I'm gonna be a I'm gonna be a jerk also. Uh, you know that doesn't work, and I don't think they want that. But that's the position that he's put himself in because of his his poor performance in the in the playoffs. I mean, historical poor performance. He's like in the lower 25 percent of all time players um, in the playoffs on lack of performance or drop off from regular season performance. Uh, Butch Carter, Butch. Uh... What's uh, what can we expect uh, with the uh, future of jo- Jonas Valanciunas in a Toronto Raptor jersey? Well, again, again, if they're gonna if they're gonna change their style of play, Jonas as a player, you know, has not been able to develop because when he was younger, he played off of misses. In other words, 
the greater the greatest players in the league can, can play off of misses. They don't need a coach to call a play. The opposing team misses a shot. They get involved early, and they're very successful when it's a scramble. Jonas has become a plotter. He's been allowed to become a plotter. Someone convinced uh, the staff that they need to put a bunch of weight on him. Always the wrong decision on a young player. Um, with, DeMar, with DeMar and Kyle being ball dominant on, on when teams make their field goals and Casey's calling a play, uh, any player, Jonas, DeMar, Carroll, they're lucky to get a shot. So if you go back and look at the history of the young bigs that have been successful, they basically on missed shots, they ran, they ran from rim to rim. The, the, their teammates threw them the ball early when the defense wasn't set. So the issue right now is that, uh, in my opinion, Jonas has not been developed. He basically is a left shoulder turn player. Uh, I don't believe he has a left turn signal on his car, can't do anything with his left <laughs> hand. Uh, so that would limit what he can do. Uh, also because uh, DeRozan demands the left side of the floor facing the basket so that he can drive with his right hand. Uh, JV can't be on that side of the floor. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's real easy analytics, right? Uh, the lack of development means less opportunities. It has always meant that. When you don't train players on both sides of their body, that is never going to change. And teams, the Raptors, a lot of teams fail because they don't have anyone who has the will to force these guys to train on both sides of their body every day. And uh, by training on both sides of the body, you create tremendous value uh, in, in basketball players. You see the value by Paul George and Jimmy Butler because they're two-way players, and they brought tremendous value to their franchises. And Indiana and Chicago can say they got value for trading those guys, you can't get value for trading three and four time guys who are on second, third team all defense and score 20 points a game. So it is a very tough business, and a lot of times it's just managing the expectations. But there are very few times where a window opens up where you could get to the NBA Finals. I think you're going to have a couple years here where you, have, you would have a chance, and uh, the Masai has to decide if he's going to go for it. I believe that he prefers not to go into the tax um, because they're just not good enough. He's lost his number one defender in Tucker. Damari Carroll, his number two defender, is injured. That means that the matchup on John Wall, Isaiah Thomas, and LeBron James gets really tough. Now, there's two names i got to bring up. Amir Johnson, they can't be serious about bringing him back. I'm hearing stuff that they're going to bring him back. Yeah, okay. but he signed yesterday with Philly. Oh, he did sign with Philly? Oh, that's a good yeah. news. <laughs> good news for the Raptors. He signed with Philly because he's a quality guy. That's good news. Now, yeah. DeMar Ro- DeRozan, can they turn him into a three-point shooter, Butch? Uh, I mean, you can turn anyone. In. It's not a matter of taking shots. It's a matter of making shots. Right? The, pro- the problem you run into is, guys, remember, I go back to, you know, the empirical number. Half the games are lost. So you're going to have teams launching threes. You know, they want to be it's, – it's the efficiency part that is the problem. Golden State. The other problem with Toronto is that from the standpoint of winning the first and third quarter, they're unprofessional. Golden State dominates winning the first and third quarter. All right? 
the the game that Cleveland lost, game three, they were killing Golden State and lost the third quarter, lost their momentum. So when you look historically at the Raptors, it's almost like they're comatose in the first and third quarter. So if you're talking about the Raptors and 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 changing uh, DeRozan into a three-point shooter, the most important thing is it's it's changing the culture of how you want to play as it fits the empirical formula. They don't understand how to create an empirical formula and then apply it into the concept of practice. And then you carry what you do in practice into the game. They're they're getting tremendous slippage from whatever they're doing in the practice into uh, the games. And when I say they get, they're getting tremendous slippage, I'm saying they're getting tremendous slippage as it's compared to winning teams. Toronto only has four or five opponents in the East that it has to compete against. And so their empirical formula should be a benchmark against those teams. And historically, they have failed in those benchmarks through the regular season and in the playoffs. So, you know, they can have him launch 10, 15 threes a game. But the issue at the end of the day is how does it fit the concept of how you want to play how does it fit into the empirical formula that would make you successful against Boston, Washington, Cleveland, and the four best teams in the West, which look like are going to be San Antonio, Houston, Golden State, and pick whoever you want on the on the fourth one. We've been talking to Butch Carter. Listen, Butch, we're going to have to let you go. We've got to move on with the show, and uh, it's always a pleasure to have you. Wish you the, all the best for the rest of the Canada Day weekend. and. Uh, you're in a you're in a you're in a really nice spot where you are, uh, Butch. So certainly enjoy the day with your family. I'm going I'm going to try to if the weather cooperates. And next time I call in, man, we got to spend some time on the Blue Jays. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, we're we're gonna I'm gonna give you a buzz tomorrow, uh, Butch, and and uh, we'll line up your uh, we'll line up your next uh, attendance down All here right. at the studio. Well, Wally hey. won't be around for a couple of weeks. If you want to come in and co-host with me, you're more than welcome to. <laughs> All right. We'll, we'll be in touch, Butch. Thanks, guys. Okay. Thanks so much. That, of course, was uh, former Raptors coach uh, Butch Carter. Naz, we've got to go to break, and uh, we'll be right back after the break with player advisor Anton Tun. Should be a very interesting interview. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville realized that people may not know how many different kinds of ponzos Pizzaville makes. You can go Italian if you like a sausage. You can go Hawaiian if you like ham and pineapple. And you can go Canadian if you like bacon, beer, and hockey. We can build a ponzo that speaks your language, no matter where you are from. Call Pizzaville at 736-3636 or visit pizzaville.ca. At Titanium Logistics, we believe that choosing the right shipping company comes down to two issues, price and cost. Most prices are competitive, will likely save you money too, but the cost of choosing the wrong company to service your cross-border freight to and from the U.S. and Mexico can be extraordinary. If it's not where it should be, when it should be, that bargain price, worthless. Titanium Logistics, on time, on budget. Call 905-266-3014. Ask for Blair Downey. 
At 20,000 square feet, Steel's Paint and Woodbridge is Canada's largest independent paint store. Big deal, right? Big deal? Yes. The best brands, the best staff, the best advice, the best of everything. From color matching to brand selection, whether you're a pro or a DIYer, we'll look after you from the minute you walk in to the minute you walk in a second time as a completely satisfied customer. Big store, big deal, bigger satisfaction. Simple. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Vaughn. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada, and the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com, or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. They're not here to be nice. They're here to be right. The boys are back. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zuma Radio. Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto. We're trying to connect with uh, player advisor Anton Tun and we'll keep trying. Um, certainly some interesting things going on. In, uh, in the NHL and free agents, and one of the big stories coming out of Edmonton is uh, Connor McDavid. Um, they want to sign him, and it looks like the number is going to be north of $13 million. That's a lot of money, Naz. And then they've got the, uh, the, also the issue of Leon Dreisaitl. And this, this sounds like it's uh, Jonathan Taves, Patrick Kane, Sidney Crosby, Jenny Malkin all over again. You've got to sign up your long, your young talent to long-term contracts. But uh, McDavid at 13, 13 and a half, 14 million dollars is putting pushing the salary envelope to a completely different level. Um, he's a you know he's uh, he's even 20 years old yet. Uh, he's 20. Now. Is he 20 now? Um, and he's already the most valuable player in the uh, NHL, uh, arguably very easily, uh, easy argument to make that he's the best hockey player in the world. Uh, You can throw Sidney Crosby into that mix, um, into that discussion and whomever else you want. And um, the Edmonton Oilers, uh, the reality is he's the cornerstone of the franchise and you got to get him locked up. And, but then that creates, other issues for Peter Shirelli. Um and how do you how do you build a winner? And they are a winner already, but how do you move to the next level and win a Stanley Cup when uh, you've got precious little money left to throw around elsewhere? Yeah, they've already had to throw uh, get rid of Jordan Eberle, uh, Taylor Hall from last year, and Yakupov. But Yakupov wasn't working out anyway. But they're having to get rid of these salaries already. And how do you pay all these guys? You know, how do you pay them? It's uh, Hopkins is going to be gone at the end of the year, too, because they won't be able to sign him. Well, so I, where does this go? Well, I mean, the model, I guess, is, is um, I mean, the other, like I said, the other two franchises that have been in similar boats uh, over the course of the last seven, eight years, uh, more so than two other franchises, more so than any other franchises, is uh, are of course the Chicago Blackhawks, 
and um, the Pittsburgh Penguins. Now you you see what they what they've done, and that has to be. I mean, you know, between uh, you know, uh, I was going to say Scotty Bowman, Stan Bowman, in in Chicago, as you take you take your two or three, four core players, and you sign them up long term, and you pay them whatever it takes, and then you got to fill in around them until you run out of money. And then sooner or later, some of these guys leave. And, you know, in Pittsburgh, we just saw the example of that. Kunitz and um, who's the other? Benino. Um, they've Kunitz, they've Kunitz, moved on. Kunitz was a longtime Penguin, too. And and that's a, that's a yeah, and, 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 and he got signed by Tampa, I believe. Yeah. Uh, Iserman picked him up. And I don't think Iserman had to sign him for a long term or gave him a lot of money, from no. what I can tell. Um, and Benino's moved on. Uh, they they were important pieces of especially Kunitz. I mean, he, he you know he left Anaheim uh, from with a Stanley Cup, I believe, and came to Pittsburgh and won a cup there and won a, another couple of cups. Canada Cup, play, uh, sorry, Olympic game player, scored in the gold medal game against Sweden. Um, a valuable, and he just he, you know scored the scored the game overtime winner goal. against against Ottawa. Ottawa. Yeah. Uh, certainly, he's been a valuable. And I, I was kind of surprised when I saw him leave that easily, and in, not not for a lot of money. I, I, I found that kind of surprising. So you know, um, Pittsburgh's you know they they've got they're churning over, and just look at what Chicago's had to do the last uh, few years. I mean, they've they've built around Taves, Kane, Keith, Seabrook, Hosa. Uh, Hosa, well, he's gone now for yeah, the year he, because he, his salary was up there too. Yeah, so I mean, now you see that they they've constantly lost people off their Stanley Cup winning teams, and now they've got a couple of them they coming came, back. They came back. <laughs> sharp and uh, sharp, Sod. sharp and Sod are, are coming back. Um, and uh, it would have been an interesting topic. Certainly, would have liked to talk to Anton Ton about this. And the, the, they're talking about, you know, does Dave, does McDavid want to take every single dime that's on the table? Uh, and it's going to be a significant chunk of change. Uh, and my guess is the Players Association, uh, they, get, they, get, they exert quite a bit of pressure on the players to make sure they don't give hometown. I mean, they call them hometown discounts, not that McDavid uh, is from Edmonton, but he's, you know, he's the only NHL franchise he's ever played for. So that's his hockey hometown. Um, there's some suggestion he should take a discount, so that leaves Shirelli some maneuvering room to sign some more players to you know build a Stanley Cup winning team. So there's you know there's a bit of a a conflict between uh, you know what management wants, what McDavid might want, and what the Players Association might want. But the cap dictates a lot of this too, right? If the Canadian dollar goes up, when Edmonton had the, when the Canadian dollar was up. The cap space was high, and it'll be higher. No, I don't. I don't. I'm, yeah, yeah. If a Canadian dollar goes up, they're well, re- no, they're paying. They're paying in U.S. dollars. They're paying U.S. dollars. All the revenues, revenues of course, Canadian. Yeah, but you can only max out at the cap. I mean, yeah. I mean, no, if, if cap, revenues are in Canadian, that means you've got more money to spend. Exactly. Only to a certain exactly. point, though, and that's that'll cause the cap to go up. Um. Yeah, ultimately, for you know, for the Edmonton Oilers to, uh, I mean, they've got a, y- a lot of young talent on that team somehow. Uh, the Leafs do too. The Leafs are yeah. going to be in that situation. Well, uh, too. you know, the, the, what they're talking about obviously is um, that the McDavid contract is going to set the bar for the Austin Matthews contract. Um, uh, not so sure Austin Matthews is at the same level of McDavid, but. 
um, you know, that's going to raise the amount of money. Lamorella, Eichel's in that same situation. Uh, Eichel's in the same situation. The amount of money that the Leafs are going to have to pay uh, Austin Matthews is going to go up uh, to the extent uh, – because uh, what, what's going to happen is McDavid's contract's going to lift all boats. And it's going to raise it's going to raise the number. Right now, I think Taves and Kane are in the ten million dollar range. I don't even I don't think Crosby and Malkin no, are even Cros- that high. No. They they signed Malkin way back for about eight Cros- nine million. Malkin makes more than Crosby. Yeah. Well, it's it's just a function of when they sign their contracts. Yeah. Right. Um, but uh, I think Crosby. I don't know the exact numbers, but I think they're around him. Him and Malkin are around nine million. Uh, Taves and Kane are a little bit higher. And then McDavid's taken this to a new level. Um, no, he hasn't signed yet for the thirteen and a half. So, but I think he's going to. I think that's the number he's going to get. Well, you're talking thirteen and a half million. I think uh, aren't they capped in how many years you can give uh, under the under the collective bargaining agreement? I think you can only go to eight, is it eight, max eight, eight years? years? You for can the, for the team for the team that he's playing with. Right. I believe the team that he's playing with is allowed to give one more year. Than any other team, yeah. If I'm not mistaken, you're right. Uh, so you know, you, you got him at 20, um, 20 years of age. You sign him for eight years. You got to give him what he wants. How, how can you? Not, how can you not? You're gonna. What are you gonna do? You're gonna let him leave? He's he's almost like he can write his own. He can write his own ticket. I, I don't. I don't know. I, to a certain extent, I don't even know why. Why even settle for thirteen and a half million? I'm I'm sure. Mind you, there is a cap. You can only. Maybe that's uh, there's there's a max percentage you can pay a player based on the overall payroll exactly, of the team, one and that's probably that's they're going right to the max on that. Right. I can't remember the number thirteen and a half, fifteen percent. You can only be a certain percentage of a team's payroll, uh, but that's certainly an interesting uh, negotiation that's gonna that's going to have ramifications right around the league in a lot of different ways. Yeah, we were we were talking about this last week off air, and we were looking at the defensemen and how much they're not making. They used to sign up for eight nine million dollars. They're not. It's not out there anymore. You made that interesting point earlier, Naz. You want to you want to elaborate on that? You you know that the the you know it the the market was going that you had to have a stud defenseman. Yeah. You had to have a Duncan Keith, or a Drew Doughty, or a Shea Weber, or an Eric Carlson, or or one of these guys. And and I think the last few years, the Pittsburgh Penguins have proved you don't necessarily need that guy. Um, you need balance. That's what you need. Well, you know, t- t- Connor McDavid. Um, you know, he's he's he. You know, he creates value for you in so many different ways. He's a marketing guy's dream. Number one. Uh, I mean, we, you know, uh, I mean, the reality is he's in Edmonton. Can can you, um, with all the greatest respect for Edmonton, uh, but Edmonton's not New York City or Chicago or L.A. or Toronto, for that matter, in terms of a marketing. Um, uh, can you imagine Connor McDavid in New York? Um, the, what they could, what how, from the NHL perspective, what the NHL could do with him? I mean, just look what Gretzky. Going from Edmonton to LA, they say the modern era of the NHL started when when Gretzky got traded uh, to LA, and that created a huge demand for hockey in uh, all kinds of different markets in the United States. Because when you've got the number one guy in your number one market, 
in amongst all the Fortune 500 head offices and all the head offices of, of uh, the TV channels and the networks and all of that, and all of a sudden everybody stands up and takes notice. Uh, except uh, the Rangers got Shattenkirk. They didn't get McDavid. Shattenkirk, you want to talk about him for a second? He was the number one guy in the free agent market, ended up with the Rangers. And what are they paying him, Naz? They're paying him... Six and a half million. Four years, 26.65 million. Yeah. Uh, He was uh, slated to... He wanted eight. He's not an $8 million defenseman. They're not around anymore. The, the, The $8 million, yes... For Drew Doughty and let me ask. Oh, then let's. You know, you were you were bringing up the topic about that the 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 market value or the top echelon defenseman. The the number seems to have, wouldn't say slid down, but uh, what's a Drew Doughty or an Eric Carlson worth today? And there is some talk about uh, Doughty um, leaving Los Angeles, uh, and uh, there were some dis. It's pretty preliminary, and I think they'd be crazy if they let Doughty leave L.A., but uh, there's some discussion about that. But what's Doughty or Carlson worth in the free agent market today with Connor McDavid making $13.5 million or $14 million? I think the highest they can go for a defenseman is $10 million. That's, that's, that's the ceiling nowadays? That's the ceiling. That's what I think. Anyway, it's as far as they can go. Dion Phaneuf is not going to make he made seven and a half million dollars. I mean, that's so, not out there anymore. That was a different market. Yeah, it's a different market, different different time, and uh, they are going less and less in the back end, and less and less in the goaltending. The goaltenders are not getting paid as much as they used to too. Cujo used to make ten million dollars. He wouldn't make that now. He'd be lucky to make four, four and a half. The well, goalies have gone down in uh, salaries too. The forwards have not, but the, the other two positions have. That's an interesting analysis. And you know what? Uh, we've got we've got about 10 minutes left on the show. We were hoping to uh, connect with uh, with Anton Tun. We haven't been able to. So, you know what? We'll open up the lines if anybody's interested in calling in. Please give us a call at 416-360-0740, Give you those numbers again. 416 416- Three six zero zero seven four zero one eight six six seven four zero four seven four zero. You know, Wally, like we're we're looking at uh, Carey Price. His contract is up. He's a goalie. How much is he going to make? I don't think he makes past ten. Yeah, but he's uh, nine ten. That's it. They were talking about max contract for Carey Price. Would you pay max contract for Carey Price? That's an interesting question. We'll hold that thought. Uh, I believe we have a caller on the line. Um, welcome to the Nazawali Sports Hour. How are you this morning? Hey, good morning. Good morning. I'm sure there's a lot of guys looking their lips now that uh, Connor <laughs> McDavid's looking at $13 million. All it does is uh, bring up the price for other people coming up down the road. So, it, uh, it, uh, you know, it's a dilemma for the NHL because the more they pay him, the more, on an average, everything else comes up. So the... Uh, I'm just waiting to see what happens when the next superstar comes up. But uh, one point I want to make is that one time, no matter how much of a superstar you were, you, you were nothing unless you proved yourself. So what's Sidney Crosby really worth now? That's what I'm saying. A guy like him licking his lips saying, uh, you know, my next contract better be in an 18, $18 million a year kind of. Uh, he's won the Stanley Cups. He's won honors, stuff right and center. And yet Connor McDavid, as much as I like the kid, he's from Newmarket and everything, and really has proved something, but not 
what a team looks for a Stanley Cup. Uh, Tony, Tony from Lindsay. Tony, thanks very much for your call. I'm going to ask Naz to address and uh, respond. Well, Sidney Crosby is definitely still in that range. He should be. Is he? The, yeah. Is he? Yeah, he is. He's would still, you pay Sidney Crosby $13.5 million over eight years? The only reason I wouldn't I pay wouldn't. him that is I because wouldn't. of his health. Yeah, and I, and I hate to as be. As a player, as a player. He's still a great player. Yeah, I mean, in the in the playoffs, you know, he has he has an ability to um, to take his game to a different level. Uh, There's no question about it. And you know, if you want to talk about the best player in the world, uh, to me, he's still the best player in the world. Uh, Connor McDavid will be the best player in the world, but Sidney Crosby has proved over the course of the last two years in terms of his achievements. Um, that he is still the best player in the world, but when you're, you know, when you're negotiating contracts, uh, and you got a 20 year old, you want to lock him up. Uh, what's is Sydney? Is Sydney crashed the 30 year barrier yet? Um, he's if he's not, he's pretty close, isn't he? Oh, he's yeah, got to be he's, over he's, 30, 30, 31. 31. Yeah, uh, you know, hockey's a ruthless business, and it's not so much what you did for me yesterday as what you can do for me today. Uh, and, 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 and if you sign a player for, uh, eight years at, at a, you know, I was going to call it a ridiculous amount of money. That's, that's a poor choice of words. It's not a ridiculous amount of money. It's what these players are worth and what some, somebody's willing to pay them. And, uh, you know, when you throw around, you know, you know, interesting point we're, we're on the topic of money and, and, uh, you know, from a fan's point of view, we think that these are exorbitant and crazy amounts of money. Uh, but you look at the NHL, you know, Connor McDavid, who's an all-world generational players, you know, we're, we're, you know, thirteen and a half million. Stephen Curry in, in Golden State and LeBron are making forty million dollars a year. Two hundred and one million for right. Years. Different revenue streams, different business models. Whatever you want to say, that's fine. I get it. Uh, but you know, thirteen and a half million. And you look at what some of these baseball players are making. Like Tulowitzki is making twenty million over what twenty million dollars a year. And um, and Donaldson's, you know, whatever they're going to have to pay him. Uh, and you look around the baseball world, you know, David Price, $30 million with Boston. And then, you know, we're getting excited about Connor McDavid making 13 and a half with, uh, and, you know, it's probably going to be one of the greatest players in the history of the game. And, you know, you know that, that's the way it is. That's what, that's what these guys are worth. That's what they're going to make. Um, so uh, going back to Carey Price, and uh, and uh, is he going to max out? Bergevin's sort of caught. Uh, he can't max out. <laughs> how much impossible. money? How much money has he got left? Uh, and he's got Radulov. Radulov's the number. He's the the uh, sounds like he's the best player, best free agent out there that hasn't been signed yet. Um, and I don't, I don't see where there's maneuvering room in Montreal to sign Radulov. Um, so um, the numbers are getting higher and higher, but the salary cap isn't moving but that I, much I, further north. I don't think the numbers are getting – I think they're getting – players are making less now overall, like on an average overall. The, the NHL general managers and owners are, smart, are getting smarter. They're getting smarter finally, getting yeah. Smarter. I'm telling you, Carey Price will not get max money. He will not get max money. Max money is thirteen and a half million. He will not get that. Uh, That's for certain. Yeah, I don't. Uh, it's a real tough one. Got to think about that one a bit. Um, 
I think I think Connor Connor thirteen and a half million dollars pretty rare is a pretty rarefied atmosphere, and that's that's uh, that's territory for Connor McDavid and Connor McDavid alone. Um, I would I would agree with you, Naz. The ceiling for the rest of the the rest of the game is probably in the in the for the very 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 best eight to ten million dollars, unless unless the revenues. And unless the revenues go up and the cap uh, and the cap goes up, uh, otherwise, you just there's no there, what teams got that level of flexibility. Um, Edmonton's in a in a you know I wouldn't say they're caught in a bind. They're very lucky to have Connor McDavid. They, here's the checkbook. Here, just fill it in. Yeah, whatever yeah. it is, it is. Here, here's an interesting situation. We have Yarmi or Yager, right? He's not being uh, offered anything by anybody. Nobody wants to put up with everybody be following Yager about his He's 45 age. years old. He's 45 years old. He may be done. There's a lot of veterans. I'd give, him, I'd give him, I'd give him 500,000 bucks for a year. If he wants to take it, why not? Yeah. Anyways, we've got another call on the line, I believe. Rio from Mississauga. Do I have that right? Good morning, sir. Rio, for, how are you this morning? Oh, not too bad. You guys are good. Uh, let me just say that Carey Price would be a fool to sign with Montreal. They're going nowhere. I used to be a Montreal fan, but <laughs> after Subban trade, it's like sayonara, no more. 50 years is enough. They oh, got rid of Lafleur, Roy, Halleck. Every guy who's the soul of the team, they just get rid of them. So I think Price, is, if he wants to ever win a cup, he's got to go somewhere else. That was real for me. Hey, listen, <laughs> thanks very much for the call. We'll, we'll follow up on that. Uh, Naz, uh, somebody, we got somebody, uh, Rio Misaga agrees with you. Uh, uh, would he be a fool to sign in Montreal? I don't think he'd be a fool. It's just they're going to sign where, where the money is right. Uh, uh, Here, would he take eight, nine million to go to Edmonton? Carey Price is from the he's West. He's from the West. You know what? You're you're pretty good, Naz. You're always throwing out those uh, those uh, trial balloons. Uh, I've never thought about that one till now. But uh, you know, with Connor McDavid and Drysital and Darnell Nurse and uh, you know the the, the uh, Edmonton Oilers, I wouldn't say they're an up and coming franchise. They're up. They're there, and they're 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 knocking on the door and. Uh, yeah, Carey Price. Yeah, yeah but uh, how's Montreal Canadiens? How, are, I how's agree with Edmonton? The caller, even though I know he's an elite <laughs> fan and he doesn't like the Habs, I agree with him. I think Montreal's gone backwards. I mean, they, why they, would you say that? They they're weak. They get Drouin, and they trade. highly talented player. Highly talented. They gave player. up a good uh, young defenseman. Yeah, and then they lost a couple of defensemen and. They don't know what they're doing. They don't know where they're going. Well, they, they can't have put no the puck number in the... one center. Who's the number one center on that team? They have. They don't have it. That's uh, Galchenyuk. Have... Yeah, Is he a they, centerman? Yeah, they don't have it. Montreal. They have talent. to sign him still. Carey too. Price was so important to that team two years ago. Do you remember what happened? He of course. Hurt, the team fell the apart. Yeah. And that that could happen at any time with Montreal. Montreal does not have the talent base. Well, you have to have you have to, in today's NHL, and it's interesting. Like you know, you don't talk about max money for goalies, but uh, you, you know the the critical difference during the course of an eighty-two game season and in the playoffs. And the Pittsburgh Penguins proved it in the playoffs. You have to have a goalie who can stop the puck at important times. And uh, you know, if Murray doesn't go uh, between the pipes. In the in, in during the middle of that Ottawa series, uh, Ottawa Pittsburgh Pittsburgh, up, yeah. P- Pittsburgh doesn't win that series. 
Fleury was not going to win the Pittsburgh Penguins a, a Stanley Cup this year. Only Matt Murray was. Um, and, and you look back, uh, you know, you have to have a goal. And look at, with the Leafs, Anderson. If he's playing well, Leafs are an upper echelon team. You put the backup in net, and they just signed the guy again, the guy they traded for, McElhaney. Um, you know, it's it's a you know if your goalie isn't stopping pucks, you're not winning games. That's the bottom line. See, the general managers are looking at it differently. They're looking at it, it's not it's not it's by position now and not by player. Okay. Anyways, it's been another uh, great week on the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. Uh, we'll be back again next Sunday morning at 9 a.m. Have a great week. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.